0: Alrighty. Uh, I wanted to do something that I, I try to keep up with some of the prophecies and predictions that, that uh, many of your uh, other pastors and things are talking about. And there was there have been quite a number of conversations going on about Christ come back this year? Because we know that, you know, we have been 2,000 years and they've been predicting for Jesus to come back. Well, each day it's getting just closer and closer to Him coming back. Uh, and I'm going to get into something here in just a minute is this is one reason a number of people are falling away if they said you know we've heard this all our life that Jesus is coming back where is he and they're beginning to doubt they're beginning to wonder but I'll tell you right now if Jesus is coming back he's coming back and uh, it's going to be in his time even Jesus himself said when he told his disciples you know when are you coming back he says, he says I don't know only the Father knows. Only the Father. You know, and probably by this time, Jesus probably does know. And he may not yet. He may be just like, you know, whether we realize or not, Jesus coming back is sort of like the, the bridegroom and the bride. The bride knows, which is us, the church, that he's coming back. No it's going to... when he comes back he's going to bring a number of people with him just like when Jesus comes back he's going to bring a number with him we're going to and when this when you're going to take this is going to be the it's going to happen is he's gonna get you out of here? And uh, but uh, anyway, said and here I'm. I'm gonna start out here in Romans chapter 13, in verse 11 through 14. This is Paul, and he's talking, and he and he's saying, knowing that Jesus could come back at any moment is what he's talking about, and he is saying he's telling us. And do this, knowing the time. We know that the time is getting closer and closer. That now is is high time to wake out of sleep. It's time for us to wake up, to start looking around, to start watching. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in reverie and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and not in envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. You know, I look up here. I want to go back up here just a to verse 13. A lot of us don't really consider or really think about this. He said, let us walk properly or rightfully as in the day, not in revelry. Revelry is while partying and a lot of drinking. That's what that is. That's what he's saying. Don't be doing these things. That's what the world is doing right now. That leads in to the drunkenness. He says, and don't walk in lewdness. Lewdness is the lack of decency. Caring about your own self. How you act in public. What the public thinks about you. Act godly. Be that godly person that you say you are. And lust, we all know what lust is. Lusting after something is wanting something that is really not yours. Do not walk in strife. What is strife? Strife really is uh, arguing, quarreling, and things like that. They said, being a Christian and being in church, a church should not be in these things. Are in envy. We all know envy is nothing but jealousy. And, there, and jealousy is one of the things that will split a church fast as anything. Many people say, well, look at them. They think they are so good. Look what they're doing. I could do this. Well, maybe you weren't called to do this. Maybe you're going to be called to do something else. Be happy for that person. If that person is... Is serving God and doing what God is calling them to do. Be happy for them. Don't be jealous of them. Be happy for them, and because jealousy, God says He don't want no part of that. He does not want jealousy, and He says to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision. Don't fall into the traps. Make provision for the flesh not to fulfill its lusts. This is Paul speaking. And Paul tells us right here in verse 12. Listen to what he's saying. He says, Paul tells us that the night is far spent and the day is at hand. By this he means that, at the, end, that the end of this world is drawing closer and closer. It, the night is it's getting closer and closer and closer. And that the Christ could return at any moment. You know, and that's true. Christ could come back at any moment. There is nothing that has to be fulfilled. There is nothing that has to take place except for Jesus to come back. Everything has already been fulfilled that needs to be fulfilled. All Jesus Christ is waiting for is for his father to say, Son, go get my people. Do y'all always we was talking about the bride and the groom a while ago? The groom, back in Israel, when the groom could not be his bride until the father told him he could do it. Why? The son or the groom to build him and his bride a house. And then the father when the son went and told the father, "Say, said, Father, I'm through with the house. It's ready. The father went and looked at the house to make sure everything was like it should be. If it wasn't, the son could not go get the bride. What does it tell us over there in, in John? It says, For in my father's house there are many mansions. If this was not true, I would have told you. But I go and prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come that you may be where I am also. So Jesus is simply waiting for the Father to tell him, go get your bride. The houses are ready. So when God tells Jesus Christ to come and get the church, it's just going to be a matter of very, very quickly of him coming back, getting us and getting back to heaven. It says it will will take place in the twinkling of an eye or in a blink. Now that is fast. I mean, it's going to happen so quick that nobody's even going... The world itself is not even really going to know anything took place. All of a sudden, they're going to be missing a bunch of people. They're going to be missing a bunch of people because we're not going to be here. We're going to be in heaven. We're going to be out of here. And... uh, I know he said that the you know, time is drawing closer and closer and Christ could return. Well to me that sounds encouraging. You know the way this whole world is going, the way things are happening the, and the way the people are getting, I think that would be one of the biggest blessings at all for Christ to come and get us and take us home. Get us out of this mess and take us home. You know and uh, but Paul is not doing this to encourage, I mean he's doing it to encourage us, but he's also giving it to us as a warning. He's telling us that uh, he's warning us because as the days go darker. What does it mean as the days go darker? As the days grow and times grow more wicked. And it's getting more wicked each and every day. It's it's, 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 getting, it's getting worse every day. And uh, And then it says here that walking in the light will become more difficult. We as Christians, walking as a Christian, behaving as a Christian, is going to be more and more difficult. We are going to have more and more problems coming against us because of who we are. You know, Jesus told us that we will have tribulation. Now, He's talking about the Christian, He's talking about the believer. He said, You will have tribulation in this world. Jesus had it. We will also have it. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 24, 12, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of many will grow cold. Because everything is getting so bad, people are beginning to grow cold toward each other and toward the Word of God. The beginning well, right here in Second Thessalonians uh, chapter two, verse three, it says Paul tells us that in the last days there will be a great falling away. It's going to happen, and I think we're on the verge of seeing a lot of the falling away starting now. It may not be to the point that it will get to. I think it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. Tommy and I was talking earlier. You know, I don't think there's any way this world is going to get better. But it is going to get worse. And that's what Christ tells us. There will be a great falling away from the church and from God. And and God's given us this warning watch out for it, be ready for it. Don't get caught in the traps that these people who are falling away are caught in. They're beginning to believe Satan, the word of Satan. Instead of God. And here in First Timothy 4 1, it says, But the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times, the latter time is simply saying, in the last days, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing or deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. You got a lot of demon worshiping going on right now in this world. You don't hear a whole lot about it, but it's happening. You got you got devil worshipers out there right now. Things are getting bad, and but we we know this. We can see it uh, just from reading the Bible. It says, but right here I won't go back. To it. It says, but the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God Himself is telling us that in the last days is really going to get worse and it's going to get bad. So be ready. Prepare yourselves now for what is coming. Get yourself in God's Word. Understand what God is telling us. You know, and and knowing these kind of things, that should cause us to become more concerned, more alert of God's Word as we begin. You know, we're starting a brand new year. And already, look at it. We got a brand new COVID that just come in. All this. Every time we turn around, it's something different. It's something new. It's something coming against us. Not just the Christian, but the world. Scripture teaches us as the last days go darker or go more wicked, that many will will become cold. We'll become cold toward our love for each other, and we'll become cold to the Word of God. We'll become cold. We won't pay any attention. We won't believe. And we'll become unbelieving toward the things of God. So many people right now, you tell them you're a Christian, why? Why? Do you have an answer? Can you tell them why you're a Christian? Can you can you stand up and tell somebody, I'm a Christian because I believe in Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, and I believe there's a God Almighty in heaven, and one day I will be with him in heaven. And while you do not believe, just like the word says, for you who do not believe will not see life. You won't see life. If you don't believe in Jesus Christ, you will perish. I believe in Jesus Christ therefore I shall not perish but I shall have eternal life in heaven and they're going to laugh at you but sometimes you're making them think about some things you know that was pretty serious about what he was believing I just wonder if he knows something I don't know that's when you need to tell you open up the word of God God is giving us a word that cannot fail whatever God has said it will happen no, we don't know if the time it's going to happen, for our thoughts are not his thoughts. His ways are not our ways, because his ways is higher than our ways. Isn't that what the Bible says? We can't try to outthink God. We can't try to go over God's head and think we know more than he does. Because you're going to be real shocked if you try to do that. We have to put our faith, we have to put our trust in God. And because of this danger that's getting close to us, now's the time for us to wake up. We need to wake up. We need to tell our relatives, our friends, anybody that'll listen to us about Jesus Christ. and He is coming back. Uh, Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 43 through 44, listen, but know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. If he would have known the time that the thief would have shown up, he'd have been ready for him. But he says, therefore you also should be ready. He's talking about us, the Christian. You also should be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. He's coming at a time when you're not looking for him. So that really, what this says, we should be constantly looking for Jesus to come at any moment. And it should not be a surprise. When you hear the sound of that trumpet, he's here. And he's getting ready to take us to heaven. It says... Therefore you should also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. And then Peter tells us, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night or when you least expect it. It's going to be when we least expect it. It's going to be that time you're not looking for him. It's going to be that time when you're thinking of something else, you're doing something else. And it don't make no difference what you're thinking, what you're doing. When he gets ready to come back, he's coming back. Just be doing something pleasing Him. And, and you know, no one knows the time Jesus will return. We don't know when He's going to return. Even like I said, just want to go. Jesus told His disciples, I don't know the time. Only the Father knows it. And, uh, but most of us, we won't be expecting Him. We won't be expecting Him. Scripture tells us. Back up, up here again, I'm going to go back a minute into Romans 13:12. 12, but it says, the night is far spent, the day is at hand, therefore let us cast off the works of darkness, the works of evilness, the works of wickedness. Here is a truth that we, as believers, we need to listen to. We need to take heed. You know, whether we realize it or not, it is possible for a Christian to still be involved in darkness. Warns believers about participating in the darkness. He's talking about immoral living, in quarreling, in jealousy. That's what we talked about a while ago. And unforgiveness in your heart for others. Now, you know, we think of of unforgiveness that we just got to get rid of it. We've got to get rid of it. What did God what did God tell us? He says, Unless you forgive, I cannot forgive you. That's kind of a shocking sound, isn't it? If you can't forgive, I can't forgive you. We have to make that effort. We have to forgive. We have, if you want to be forgiven, you have to forgive. Can you just, just look? I, we can probably all look back at our lives and see things that we've done that was probably so displeasing to God. But yet, what did He do? He forgave us. He forgave us. He sent His Son to die for us so that we could be saved, that we could be forgiven. He took that sin we had, transferred that sin to His Son, Jesus Christ, and transferred Jesus Christ's righteousness to us because we said yes to Jesus. It's hard sometimes to forgive. But you don't have a choice. We don't have a choice. We have to forgive. It's going to be, it's, it's going to be terrible one day when you, if we have to stand before God, and we will. And God says, Why did you not forgive? Why did you not forgive? You knew you had to, you knew I told you you must forgive. Is unforgiveness so important to you that you couldn't forgive? Just think about it. You know, sometimes it is. It is hard to forgive because we've been hurt. And it's not that we don't want, I mean, it's not that we can't, but I think it's because we don't want to. We want to hold on to something. You want to have something that you can hold against a person. If they've done something to you, oh! Well, I'm not going to forgive that. Well, I've got them now. Just forgive it. If they don't want to accept that forgiveness, that's their problem. But you've been set free if you forgive. You've been set free from for God. He said, you forgive? Great. Now you're forgiven. You're forgiven. Probably most of us as Christians... We really cannot imagine ourselves being involved in the darkness of the world. You know, the wicked, the terrible stuff going on. And we're probably not. But again, are we guilty of the quarreling, the arguing, the jealousy, and unforgiveness? We have to question ourselves. If this is in us, we need to get rid of it. We need to get rid of it. God said, get rid of that. This is not pleasing me. And like I said a while ago, God has forgave us of every sin that we have committed. And everything that we committed was against God. Because God cannot stand to look at sin. Our sins were against God. God. It's time for us to put these things out of, out of our lives and please God. Get rid of unforgiveness. Get rid of jealousy. Get rid of quarreling. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. Some people ask, well, why do men walk away from God and go back into the world? That's what we was talking about a little bit earlier. And uh, there are some reasons that men look at. And I told you what. but I want to look at two scriptures that kind of show us why men do what they do and why they do it. If somebody really, I think, is not grounded in the Word of God, that their faith truly isn't in God and I think a lot of them came under the pretense, well, I would like to change, but I'll give it a try and see if I like it. And most of them had rather still be in the world than serving Christ. Here is the two scriptures. I wanted, Well, really it's three. It says uh, in Second Peter, Chapter three, verse four. And saying, Our man ask, Where is the promise of his coming? Where is it? Where is he? For from the day that the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning. Hey, nothing has changed. He hadn't come back. And if we'll think about something, he did not say when. He was coming back. He simply said, I'm coming back. And we know that it's getting closer and closer. Man wants to put a date on it. We can't put a date on it because we don't know. We just have to have faith and believe. God said he's coming back. He's coming back. And that's all we have to know. And have faith that he is going to do what he said he was going to do. But these men left because of I just don't believe he's coming back. Nothing's changed. I hadn't seen any difference all the years I've been hearing this. I still hadn't seen him. And well, it may be another hundred thousand years. I don't know what it will be. I don't think it will be. I'm pretty sure it won't be. But I don't know. And then here in Second Peter, chapter three, verses nine and ten. It says, and all of you probably heard this, I don't know how many times, but it is so true. The Lord is not slack or slow concerning his promise of coming back as some count slackness or slowness. But he is long-suffering toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. He is giving us the opportunity and the time to ask Him for, for, for forgiveness. There's some people out there that still that will come to Jesus Christ that has not come yet. But they will. And He's given them that time. But there's going to be that day that He says, that's it. I've given enough time. Now it's time for me to do what I said I was going to do. And in verse 10. It says, But the day of the Lord, and we said this a while ago now, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall be dissolved with fervent heat and the earth and the works that are there within shall be burned up. One day, this earth, this world will no longer be here. It'll be gone. But praise God, He's got a new heaven. He's got a new earth coming down. And that new earth is called the New Jerusalem. Most people think that New Jerusalem has already been prepared and is ready to come down for us right now. Most people think the Antichrist is here right now. And I believe that. I really do. With everything that's going on and everything that's happened, I think He is ready to step in. I think things are ready to happen. And once Jesus Christ comes back, removes His church, when He removes the church, something else happens. He removes the Holy Spirit. And then the Holy Spirit is the only one right now that's keeping things under control. But when His presence has been removed, the Antichrist, Satan, has a free hand to do whatever they want. That is when the great tribulation will take place. And praise God, He's taken His church out of here and we will not go through that. We don't want to go through that. Like I told you before, go in Revelations and read about the Great Tribulation and what it consists of. What's going to happen? What's going to take place? You've got the seals. Then you've got the trumpets. And then you've got the bowls. Those three things are going to take place. And each one of them has a sequence of seven things that's going to happen. Now seven is God's number. Seven stands for completeness. And then after the vows, which is the end of it, it says that the tribulation will end. And then that's when we'll have judgment. Judgment a great white throne judgment the devil the antichrist all of them will be thrown into the pit of hell all unbelievers in Jesus Christ had never believed will be cast into hell in other words this is where God separates the sheep from the goats the sheep belong to him The goats are the world. There will be a separation period. We will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Your name will be written there. Is it written there? Is your name there? I hope it is. It says, for if your name is not written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that you shall be cast into the lake of fire. This is the time now when we need to be praying for our families, our friends, our churches, that they will receive and believe what the Word of God says. I hope that you are praying for your family. Every one of us has got family that needs to come to know Jesus Christ. Every one of us. We've got members of our family that need to come to the Lord. Pray for them. And ask God to restore them, to turn their lives around, and to receive Him. We want our family to be with us. You can play a big part in their lives. You can help them have eternal life. But yes, can Jesus come back this year? He sure can. He can come back before we leave this building tonight. He can come back at any moment. I hope you believe that because that's what the Word of God says. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your Word. Lord, sometimes we just need to be woken up. We need to hear your Word over and over. Lord, you said faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing The Word of God. The more we hear the Word of God, the more our faith should grow and grow and grow. Lord, your Word is truth. Your Word is real. Your Word is going to take place. Let us get this down in our spirit that whatever the Word of God has said, whatever the Word of God has promised us, it will happen. It will take place. Lord, we're thanking you that you are a God that keeps his promise. We're thanking you that you are a God that we can believe in and not doubt. Thank you, Lord, for giving us your word, for showing us what's coming, and for showing us how to avoid not having eternal life. For showing us how we can live for all eternity with you. Lord, thank you for loving us. And ask your blessings upon those that are here tonight, for those, even those that couldn't be here. Lord, bless them. Let them get into your word. Let them get it into their spirit. And may they receive it and believe it and have eternal life with you. Lord, thank you. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.